0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries.
2: Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we ask what are fleets doing to bring in more inclusion within their ranks? What are the issues concerning a person of color and leadership? And how does a diverse workforce help the trucking industry? We'll set out to answer those questions in this episode. We'll speak with Alfonso Lewis Sr., professional truck driver with YRC Freight, who is also a member and captain of the American Trucking Association's America's Road Team. But first, let's speak with Shelly Dillinger from Cargo Transporters. Welcome to the show, Shelley.
3: Thank you, Michael.
2: We covered diversity when it comes to women in the industry. On our previous program, we had talked about women being, women being involved, but I, I, I really want to discuss uh, people of color and the LGBTQ community as well. First, I, 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 I want to uh, talk about your work with the, the human rights campaign and the certification that your company received. Can um, you uh, offer any more information on that?
3: Certainly, um, our chairman John Pope w- saw that one of our local customers was ranked on the um, corporate equality index. He made some inquiries and um, wanted to also you know get our cargo transporters involved in that. And through tweaking some of our policies and making some changes, we were able to do so. Through the pro, it is a process, and you're scored on. Um, Workforce protections, you know, that's 30 points, and um, inclusive benefits. Right now, we offer spouses and domestic partners of the same or, and or different sex health care coverage. So, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to have and, and to be able to offer to, the, to our employees. And um, also support an inclusive culture and corporate social responsibility. That is another one of their um, criteria or how they are based some of their um, point system on. And, you know, that's things like having a gender transition guideline and having supportive restrooms, those type things, Um, having your senior management and your executive measure to include the LGBTQ diversity metrics, some of those Things having a diversity council or employee group. It's uh, and about being uh, corporately or corporate socially responsible to the community.
2: Since you were saying that, that John Pope was interested in this this process and designation, mm-hmm. I assume that this was something in the company that was very organic and, and something that uh, the company to a person truly believed in. The, the, I mean, human rights as an issue itself. I mean, is that something that, that was uh, encouraged and believed in corporately as a company before you know, getting into the, the, the process?
3: De- oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we are about diversity. I think trucking and the industry, you may not think that, but we've had to be diverse in our hiring practices to get the job done. So we I think we're one of the we may seem like we're the, not the cutting edge on employment practices, but I really do think that we are as an industry.
2: How has the, the, the feedback and the, the significance of it uh, resonated uh, you know, through the company and even outside the doors of the company since uh, you received this certification?
3: It's been mixed. I'll, I'll have to say it's been mixed, um, but we were at a, um, a Charlotte Gay Pride event last year. And a large numbers of people turned out for that. and there were numerous attendees at the the event that came up to our booth and were so happy to see a trucking company at the event. They had no idea that they would see us. You know we're between banks and phone companies and you know, a lot of um, very large, large companies and we were there and I, I think it made them feel good about what they were doing and that they saw something familiar to them. So it's it's a good thing. You
2: know, the the, the thing about diversity, you know, it just brings out strength when you have in a culture of inclusion and to I- include, you know, the LGBTQ community in that process as well. That that takes a, a lot of bravery corporately in a sense, because quite frankly, you, you don't need to do it. I mean, you didn't, no one was, you know, forcing you to, to do something like this. Uh, This was a decision that was, that that came from the top. So that does include some, some sort of bravery in that, 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 that's why I asked the question. And when you, you said things were, were mixed, I know there are people that felt, you know, strongly for that and were proud to, to have a company, you know, share their views um on on the, the advancements and the and the struggles of of the community you know versus the the dark side of things where where people are, are stuck in their views and and they have their own um beliefs as well so the, I mean, can you kind of speak upon that when you said it was mixed um you know, just kind of the 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 reaction from that and just sort of um how you know cargo transporters as a company you know withstands that to 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 move forward and in, and in including um, that particular community.
3: You know, I think I can elaborate on that through the organizations and the programs that we contribute and support. And you know, we do support the um, HR campaign campaign gala. We are there at that event. We also support Alpha, which is a AIDS Leadership Foothills Area Alliance. You know, that's the team that their mission is to improve the lives and the health of people affected by HIV and AIDS. And one especially, um, a group that we support is Outright Youth of Catawba Valley. It's a young organization. It's 10 years young, but this group strives to provide the LGBTQ youth, young adults, um, Services and programs to help them become healthy and happy, productive, successful adults. You know, they, we all know, we, we, we've heard the suicide and the suicide attempt rates for the LGBTQ youth are higher than um, their counterparts. And this organization strives to put those, that community, in a safe space provide them with tools, provide them with mentorship. They bring in community leaders that um, help them through maybe the process of coming out. But, but that group, the Outright Youth of Catawba County or Catawba Valley, is um, very, very interested in, in maintaining a level of respect for that group they educate others of the worth and the value and the benefits of of having a diverse population and we all have to recognize that we we do get better with diversity and so those are the things that are that we support that help our community that help our young and our youth in the community and hopefully um they may see trucking or the transportation industry as a viable career.
2: We've been speaking with Shelly Dellinger, who handles marketing for
1: cargo transporters. Thank
2: you for being on the show,
1: Shelly.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a Transport Topic special report. Recently, battery-powered trucks were the subject of one of these reports, We've also dedicated special reports to electric logging devices and, going back a few years, the earliest days of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's CSA program. In November, we're turning our attention to another big issue, the rise in nuclear verdicts and the difficult climate for trucking insurance. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource, packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest report, visit ttn.ws/insurance.
2: Next on the program, we have Alfonso Lewis, senior professional truck driver at YRC Freight. Lewis is also a member. And captain of the American Trucking Association's America's Road Team. Welcome to the show, Alfonso.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to be
2: with you today. I'm glad to have you on. One of the things I wanted to talk about, that, uh, definitely with you, is you know diversity in the trucking industry. You know specifically, you know with African Americans. I had I had you know a list of questions that I will ask later, but um, we we are also fresh off of the the MCE twenty twenty virtual event that you were a part of. You were a part of the, the diversity panel. And uh, one of the stories that, that really struck me was, um, you know, you're a very decorated truck driver. You've won uh, many awards and you're highly recognized, you know, but before then getting into the industry, um, you had discussed on the, in the panel that it was tough. You know, could you kind of describe that moment, you know, just sort of uh, you know, how tough it was to get into the industry and to be in the position that you are in right now?
4: Well, it started out. You know, I started out in the military, United States, uh, United States Army, and uh, I served six years. Uh, you know, as a not only as a mechanic, but the majority of my time there was, uh, you know, as a driver. Uh, I worked with commercial vehicles, uh, you know, along with also the uh, the tactical vehicles. Uh, so when I when I uh, decided to get out, you know, one thing I wanted to do was to to be a professional driver. You know, that was something my dad done, so I was going to follow his footsteps. Uh, the, the thing that I ran into, um, when I first start applying is, you know, on my resume, uh, the first thing I would say when I was enter, enter a business to, uh, to apply was that, you know, I was, I was fresh out of the military. I was a young driver and I had, you know, four to six years experience driving, um, uh, you know, different vehicles, uh, especially commercial vehicles. So I was very familiar with them and, you know, I would come to some employers, uh, when I first started and I'm feeling I was well qualified uh, as a driver uh, because diversity in the military was you know it was I think they may have been already ahead of, uh, of, of civilian life uh, what we would call it when we were in there uh, because diversity uh, in the military you 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 didn't have a problem it's just, it was your ability uh, it's what they looked what they, what they were looking for so I felt that when I um, when I would apply it's it's almost what people would tell me, like almost like uh, the vehicles I was going to be driving in the commercial world wasn't what I was used to in the military. They actually told me at one point uh, that the vehicles I was going to drive uh, commercially were bigger than the ones I was driving in the military, and I and, and maybe th- that they were unfamiliar with it. or maybe that was a way out. I, I I wasn't sure, but I was, you know I would make the comments that the uh, vehicles I was driving in the military were bigger than the ones I was you know applying to drive. And uh, and I tried that on several occasions. Uh, my probably at least my first four uh, opportunities to to be a driver, and uh, they were hiring, you know, the different companies. And uh, I I didn't know if my race played played a part in it, or what, you know, or my age. I wasn't sure, but it it just felt like I I know I saw younger drivers, you know, who were out and driving. At the time I was 23, 24 years old, you know, coming into being a driver, and um. I felt I had the discipline to be a driver, and, and I thought the military part of it, you know, really would see me as that, that, you know, I was disciplined enough to be a professional driver. But then uh, eventually, I got a, I got around to uh, one of the YRC companies. Uh, at the time, it was Roadway Express, and I actually went over and, and applied there, and I, I did my same sales pitch. <laughs> I threw the military out there first, and for some reason, it opened the eyes of the of the manager who was there. And uh he gave me the opportunity. He asked me to come back in and, and fill out the application, and he asked me could I actually start the next week. And uh, and I went from there. Uh, and, I mean, it was very, uh, uh, it was very, and made me feel, feel include, included, uh, the way they approached me. Uh, and they enjoyed my military, uh, that I had a military background.
2: And Alfonso, you know, during that story, I remember you were saying that, you know, w- once you were in, you had discussions with other you know, African-American drivers who kind of yeah. had this similar situation. What was it like hearing that? I mean, was it sort of a, a, a validation of, of the, the struggles that you were going through or was it something uh, other surprisingly?
4: Yeah. You know, Warp, it was roadway at the time, separate company, but it's part of our family. Okay. But uh, at that, yeah, well, at that time, uh, you know, when I first got on and, you know how you guys always try to give you a little, uh, input, you know, to keep your nose clean, you know, and, uh, you, and make sure you, you know, you, everything's, you do everything well and, you know, at the best of your ability. And they were just allowing me to know that, you know, it was hard, uh, getting an African American in there. Cause it's one of the big three companies at that time. And, uh, um, and the pay was, you know, the pay was great. And, uh, I mean, it was a great company to work for and, and they always stressed to me how hard it was to get in there. And, uh, I just felt proud that, you know, at least I had the ability and they had the, you know, the insight to, I mean, you know, to see me or see what was in me uh, to allow me to be there. And and I realized then, you know, uh, when I first got there, uh, at least my first year, one thing I didn't know is, you know, it was only maybe three African-American drivers that were there and me being one of them. I I was the fourth one, I'm sorry. I was the fourth one, but that was out of about 15 drivers. So, you know. First, getting in there and then hearing those guys tell you know tell me to be careful and, and be aware, uh, it, it was a little intimidating. But you know, I knew you know I guess I had confidence in myself to go out and do what I needed to do to you know to make sure you know everything went well. You know, uh,
2: you know about that confidence, you know, when, when you continue to go up the ranks and the company, and you've uh, you, you obtained a you know a, a leadership role. Um, you know, and I believe 2007. Correct me if I'm wrong. You you, you were a me- a member of America's Road Team, correct?
4: No, 2007 is actually when I won the uh, uh, National Truck Driver's Championship Grand championship.
2: Okay, I'm sorry about that.
4: Yeah. No, that's that's perfectly fine. That that year, that year to me, I can almost relive it like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that year is when I was uh, considered the top driver in the nation, and I was also the first African American to ever win that uh, championship.
2: The process of that, just kind of getting to that, that moment, um, when, when you had that particular position, I mean, were there any thoughts of, I, I guess the question that I'm asking is, did that moment um, give you, I'll say a validation again, uh, of the hard work that you, you had put in into your profession? This is something that you've wanted to do for a very long time and make a career out of.
4: Well, I've been driving being. Uh, I think it had been like 15, 10, 15 years. And I actually had started competing for uh, in that co- particular competition on the state level. You had to win the state level to actually get to the national level. And I had been competing because my manager asked me after about six, 10, 12, 15 years, he asked me, you know, did I want to compete. And he noticed that, you know, I was uh, always trying to do the right thing. I was always trying to make sure things were uh, in order uh, and trying to be the best driver I could be. And uh, and I learned that from guys who were ahead of me. Uh, I mean, it was African American drivers who really kind of pushed me to do things better. Uh, I can say it like that. They pushed me to do things better, you know, at at that time. So I competed at the state level, uh, and in that competition, the first year I can remember, the first year I went, and the first year I went there, that was another eye-opening thing for me. I saw very few African Americans Americans participating, and uh, in the entire um, group of I think it was 18 of us that was all from Roadway Express at that time. Out of the entire group of about 18 drivers, there may have been two of us. It was me and another guy. And then I would keep going back. That first year, I think I was rookie of the year or something in my class. But I would keep going back, and I kept going back, and I was seeing the same thing. And then finally in, uh, in 2005 is when I finally uh, won first place. you got to win first place to go to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. I won first place. I made it to the Nationals. And uh, I got to the Nationals, and that's all the first place winners from all over the U.S., I got there, and I remember seeing the same thing. I said, "I know there's a lot of African American drivers out here, but I see very few who are at this national level competing." And every, you know, at the end of every competition, there's a ceremony of the winner, and the, you you can look at the stage because we're all in the audience, and you look at the stage, you look at the third place row of of, of drivers. There were, you know, they were all Caucasian. You look at the second, same thing. You look at the third, who we were first place same thing. Second year, I went again. I go back to the National League again, and I see the same thing. And I said, I know there are you know, African-American drivers that are good out here. So mm-hmm. myself and another driver were standing there, and he really was the one that brought it to life to me. This guy was from Florida. He didn't know me from the man on the moon. But he just came up and just started talking to me. And he was a fellow African-American driver. And he told me, he said, you know what? He says, since I've been competing, he had to compete, compete a little bit longer than me on the national level. He said, I've never seen an African-American up there. On that stage, and uh, he and I were just talking. I said, "Man, I tell you what. I said I'm gonna try my best next year. I said I'm really gonna try my best. I wanna make, it, I wanna make it to the stage. And that was my, that was my goal to make it to the stage. And lo and behold, <laughs> 2007, I not only uh, make it to the stage, first place in my category, but then I turned out at the end of the night, I was also the grand champion of the competition. So it, it came full circle for me to, to actually not see anybody up there, to seeing, you know, myself standing there you know, uh, on top of the entire class.
1: In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed.
2: That had to been something to, to see that you were the only African-American in that particular presence. And it sounded like that it, it motivated you to perform better. It did. It did. Exactly. I'm pretty sure you sell, you share that story with other African-American drivers, um, who, who are coming up who want to achieve the, the, the status of you. Um, so, I mean, do you do that? Number one. And, and number two, uh, What are the differences and the challenges that you see from, you know, the 25 years ago when you were just starting out to what's happening now?
4: Well, I do do that, you know, especially being part of America's Road Team. uh, That's what we get the opportunity to go out and do. We get the opportunity to go out and talk to younger drivers who are trying to come into the industry. Because, you know, when you're outside of the industry and you don't, you know, all you hear the stories of uh, the first thing comes to their mind when we talk to a lot of the younger people first thing comes to their mind, I'm going to be going away from home for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever. And we had to, you know, let them know. So no, that's not usually how it happens. I said, you know, over the road, you may be out a week. You may be out two weeks, but majority of the time the company said, if you need to get home, they're trying to get you back home or they're going to get you back home. I said, in my case, I said, I'm a local driver. You know, I'm home every night. So every job is, is kind of based on uh, what's best for you. If you want to be a road driver and you, you like to be out, and stay out for a while or stay out a week or two, that's, that's fine. I mean, that's a position for you. If you want to get home every night, you know, same thing. There's a, a position for you uh, to be able to do that. From the uh, – and going back to your second question, you know, um, when I first started back in, I started in 86 uh, in a commercial, being a commercial driver. Um, it was, like I say, it was harder getting on at the time still. It was hard, you know, hard as far as getting a job. And um, the environment was a little different because, you know, you see, I'm, I'm, you know I'm in Montgomery, Alabama. So there was some, some racial tensions that were still, you know, still out there, uh, stronger than they are now. And so we dealt, we dealt with a lot of that, and I, I think I've said the story on the panel. You know, I was happy, you know, just being the driver I was and, where I, and, and uh, you know, doing what I was doing. It's something I really enjoyed doing, and I still enjoy doing it to the day. But I can still remember the story I was telling. Uh, I had to drive by three or four years. That was on the north side of Montgomery, Alabama, and this driver, you know, rides by and he's waving his hand at him and he comes up with this racial thing. He says, you know, and I just remember it because it just took me. It kind of took me, a, took me back a little bit when I thought of, you know, it's never left me. I can still picture that guy riding by, you know, and I'm like, I'm a driver who enjoys doing what he's doing, and and I got somebody who's gonna wave at me and say something like that, you know. But and then, uh, you know, even when you deliver to certain places, you could, uh, I don't know, you get a feeling from some certain people, just the way they react to you. But now, you know, it's been 20, 30 years later, uh, we still have some of that. I'm not going to say it's completely gone, but it's nowhere near like it used to be. Uh, everybody appreciates, you know, what you do. I see, a, uh, oh, much, much more as far as African-American drivers in the industry. I mean, on a daily basis. I mean, you, you can see the numbers have, have completely changed.
2: I remember you saying that on the panel. And I also remember you and the others on the panel as well saying yeah. that a lot of progress has been made. Yeah. But there's still work to do. Yeah. My my next question, uh, I guess I would like to take the 10,000 foot view of this. What could fleets do? Uh, you being a professional that has reached the top of your trade, uh, what would you tell fleets The things that they can do to include more African American drivers into their fold.
4: You know, uh, I've I've, I've thought about and talked about that before, and I think it starts with recruitment. It starts before that driver ever gets there. You know, if you're looking for African American drivers, it starts before they ever uh, they ever hit the door. I used to see so much advertisement for drivers. You know, uh, back in the day and throughout the years, and you will always see. you'll always see the perfect-looking um, Caucasian male standing there with a hat on. That was that. That was the picture, and that's what you would see. And you think about it, people always saw, uh, young people, young African Americans, always see the Smokey and the Bandit type of deal, the movie. You know, they saw the movie. And in that movie, the majority of people you would see were, were Caucasian male drivers. Same thing in some of these other uh, trucking movies. That's what you would see. And I would always tell them that, you know, when it comes to advertisement and the things you see on television, you need to advertise and show a diverse amount of people in there. You've got to show African-Americans. You've got to show Asians. You've got to show women in Caucasus. You've got you to have the variety standing there. Because if you tell me something but I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it. If you tell me we, we're, we're going to diversify, but when you promote it, I see not one different person up there, then the first thing that comes to my mind, your company is not for me. You know, And then word of mouth goes a long way. You know, and if I see your driver, and all I see the majority of the time, all I see is, you know, someone who doesn't look like me. I never see anyone that looks like me. So, you know, that, that's, that's always been my theme for me, is to have someone on that looks like everybody. You've got to advertise, you know, that, that point.
2: We've been speaking with Alfonso Lewis, Sr., professional truck driver at YRC Freight, and the captain of ATA's America's Road Team. Alfonso, thank you very much for being a guest on Road Signs. Oh, Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
0: Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics.
2: Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original questions. What are fleets doing to bring in more inclusion within their ranks? What are the issues concerning a person of color and leadership, and how does a diverse workforce help the trucking industry? As you heard from our guests, trucking companies are becoming more proactive in their diversity efforts. As we focus on that, we understand that when we talk about diversity, we encompass all genders, races, sexual orientations, as well as all faiths. For an industry like trucking, There are many from diverse backgrounds that work day in and day out. It is important to recognize and celebrate our origins and differences to make a better industry. In addition, people of color have had a long history of past struggles. However, as diversity grows, having someone of color in leadership will provide a fresh perspective and build more inroads for other diverse backgrounds to explore a career in trucking. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts if my questions have sparked questions of your own share them with the road Science team or reach me on twitter at michael v. you can email us at share at ttnews.com we'll read them and respond daily and of course we'll be back in two weeks with our special thanksgiving episode until then
0: i'm michael freeze thank you for listening